Oh, okay. Stream is over. The uh, other thing is recording. Okay. And we haven't said anything funny yet. <laughs> Grant, we are back on the function call. It's 2023. It's been a cool minute. How are you doing? I'm, uh, you know, uh, present and accounted for. Yeah. So, you, you know, you do doing, sound doing like the you've deal. got some auto tune going on. Did you new voice, <laughs> new year, new voice, <laughs> new year, new voice. Yeah. I, so I have made this huge mistake of mounting my audio uh, my like miniature audio rack uh, down low and my uh, child sees the lights <laughs> and immediately comes and like starts messing with stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I'm fairly certain that's a big part of the issue. Yeah. Something definitely got funked up because yeah. Thing. Okay. So this is almost a, a discussion. We should maybe, I don't know. This is not like an audio show or anything, but one thing might be interesting is maybe people would be interested in hearing about like recording setups because I, I know that we are on opposite ends of the spectrum here. I basically went for oh, yeah. I basically went for the top end mic that I could find that was still USB capable. And this okay. one's good. It it has like I don't even know what it's called, but the the professional style plug-in that's not USB. It's like XLR. XLR. I was going to mm -hmm. say that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. So I went like basically it's like a hundred dollar mic, uh, whatever, but it's USB. And to me, that's like mwah, simplicity. Mm -hmm. And you, on the other hand, I have, I have problems. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah. Uh, and you have clearly super nice mic. They're, they're, uh, the problems are audible. Um, I, yeah, I have, I have an SM7B. I have like a, a 500 series uh, workhorse tiny rack uh, made by a company called Radial, and it's got some equipment in it. Uh, and it, like, honestly, if I were to do this all over again, uh, Sure makes a version of this microphone that is USB. Uh, and I would probably just go for that because it's incredibly simple and it sounds like almost as good. It's so close. Like yeah. it just doesn't, most people wouldn't hear it. It wouldn't matter. Um, right. you know, it, and, you know, uh, some of the like audio setup, uh, people, uh, they kind of, it, it strikes me kind of like the same people that really get into coffee. Oh, well, yeah, that's also me. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Like you can be like, yeah, but the thing is, you, you, I mean, you can't hear the difference, but you can feel the difference. You can, you can sense it in your soul. And not to make fun of people that are really into audio, because I think you can actually hear the difference between my mic and if I were to record. I mean, basically, all of the listeners are missing out on the actual sweet, sultry deliciousness of my natural voice because it's going through a USB mic instead of, you know, sorry. Well, they'll but. just have to imagine to make up the difference there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like to me, uh, it's because, okay, because your setup goes your voice from your mouth into your microphone. Well, through the air. Okay. okay. Well, all right. <laughs> I mean, if, we're, if we're getting deep. <laughs> all right. You're from your mouth through the mm -hmm. air 
into the microphone. I mean, at that point, I think it. I think it turns. It, I think that hits a crystal, and then the crystal like digitizes it. But let's not get too deep. Mouth microphone into. Like to me, it's mouth microphone into computer through USB. For you, it's mouth microphone. I'm, I need it. How many times am I going to say mouth? <laughs> it's starting to lose meaning. Uh, mouth microphone, and then. Oh, and then uh, it goes into a preamplifier, and then mm -hmm. it goes into a noise gate, and then it goes right. into a compressor, and then it goes into a DAC. Well, which is it's actually uh, an ADC. It's an analog to digital converter. It's it it. Uh, so your your microphone has a tiny chip in it, so it takes it from the little uh, microphone crystal, which actually emits analog electricity. That goes into a to a digital to analog converter, or in this case, an analog to digital converter, and then spits it out USB. I have an entire box that does this, like analog to digital conversion. Right, um, but okay, so you, audio you, interface. You plug your microphone into this box, and then you plug the box into your computer. Yes, mm. and yeah, and that's really not so much. That's like one extra step, basically. But then it's got all the knobs and slides uh. and. It's got a whistle. Things. It's got a whistle and a bell. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's got bells. so many bells. Yeah. Anyway, all this to say that um, I I really value simplicity for this. Like the 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 difference in quality is just going to probably highlight and make me sound even more funny. So, yeah. I mean, I so like I really think you're you've passed the point of diminishing returns which is like this is the right place to stop in most hobbies right yeah. like yeah. you get to that you get to that like good enough place and i you know my personality just dictates that i take everything uh several steps too far uh so that's what i've done and now i regret <laughs> it because if i sound terrible on this podcast i'm gonna spend you know hours tweaking this and then having to find a way to separate my child from the from the devices dismember him grant you might want to you might want to you know, elaborate on that i'll finish that thought sorry uh, yeah well anyway it's been a cool minute um we got through this audio conversation without hopefully losing too many listeners uh, how was your holidays? Let's catch up a little bit and then maybe talk oh. about what's on your mind. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's been wild. I got to take a lot of time off work, which was really cool. I I like not working. Um, I know there are folks out there that are like, you know, they take a couple weeks off and they're just chomping at the bit to get back. I'm not really that person. I, like I could just not work for the rest of my life and be really okay with that. That said, um, I, you know, but before we went on this uh, extended hiatus, we'll call it, um, I switched to a different team. This team um, has a, a, a level of organization that I haven't had on some of my previous teams here. And so it's like, when I came back, I just knew what to do and got to it and didn't have to dig through, you know, months or weeks of emails and you know, trying to figure out like what direction to go in. It's like, it's, it's very nice to have that sort of like solid base. And so work is uh, easier, we'll say. 
I can just go and do the hard stuff, if that makes sense. Like I can just go in, solve whatever weird problems we're having to deliver whatever feature we need to do, and it's it's done. It's much more like compartmentalized. So like, That's so nice. Honestly, that is one of the, I've noticed that is one of the key things for me for uh, like mental health. Because when I start getting into this like nebulous, walking through a fog of to-do list items and I'm like not entirely clear on what I should be working on or what the priority is. I mean, a lot of that right. is on me and just sitting down and prioritizing it. But yeah, I, I have a tendency to do that. And uh, it really, I notice it affects my mood. Yeah, there's there's this sense of like, I don't know, like the Americans and I think a lot of like, first world capitalist countries have this huge emphasis on like what you do has this direct correlation to your value as a human, which like I disagree with strongly, but I also feel it even though like fundamentally I I can uh, kind of pick that apart. uh, There is still like this weird uh, uh, like value that I derive from, from the work that I do. And so as a result of that, whether it's, uh, real or imagined, like I had, like my emotional state depends partially on like how I'm feeling about my work. It's super, super weird. And I, I really wish that I could exempt myself from it. Um, but it, but it's kind of unavoidable no matter what my thoughts are on it. It's, it's really, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I may have uh, I may have gone too far there. Anyway, no, not at all. I'm just waiting for you to ask me how my holidays were. So, Austin. Yes. <laughs> yes. How were your holidays? <laughs> uh, they were good. They, dude, this. I feel like I haven't stopped moving since last November. You've been all over the place. Yeah. I, let's see, catching you up on some things. Uh, November, early November, I got invited to speak at Connect Tech, which was awesome. It's one of the, one of the cooler conferences I've been to. It's run by a couple guys that I really admire and I think do a great job. Uh, there's been a funny relationship building that I've had with uh, the conference circuit like conference speaker circuit you see a lot of the same people which is great because it's cool to see these people that i've been connecting with on twitter and then meet them in real life and actually have actually have like what feels like more authentic conversations and relationships you know uh then after that i was home for a week and then i went to london to speak at modern front ends uh i caught covid so right. I basically was stuck in the hotel room. Fortunately, I wasn't too symptomatic, um, but it was pretty miserable having this really cool trip that I was looking forward to. I was going to host like a pub crawl and a tour of the city because it was my first time there and I just wanted to go and tour around with other people. Uh, that, that didn't happen, but um, I did. I did get out of the hotel a bit and uh, it was, 
I did miss out on a little bit of the spicy drama that maybe you uh, caught into at Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't there, so I can't speak to it directly. I did get some of the, uh, I did like I did have my own fair share of issues, um, but you know, I, mean, I don't, I don't, we don't have to get into it. There's a whole bunch of people that wrote stuff about it. Um, that was a giant mess, though. Uh, okay. Yeah, but then after that, um, my partner and I went to Italy to visit her side of the family um, and spent some time there. And since we were there at the like end of November, we decided to stick it through the holidays. Uh, so I only just got back January 10th, I think. And then I was gonna, and then I went to go and speak at that conference, which was also an excellent conference run by uh, someone that I admire and, and put together puts together a great community. Uh, but yeah, it's just been like I I have been craving home and doing nothing <laughs> for so long, and uh, yeah, so that's why you know the streams had to be on pause, the show had to be on pause, and. I'm glad to be back and getting back into some of the, the normal stuff. Well, I'm certainly glad to have you back. Um, wait, wait, which conference was this last conference? That conference. But what conference? <laughs> oh, it would be yeah. so tiring to, to be the There's an Abbott and Costello bit there. Just <laughs> uh, Listeners who yeah. are of a certain age just assume that we did that. Yeah, and yeah. we'll spare the... Uh, We'll, we'll yeah. spare your ears from going through the rigmarole, but they yeah, had to know naming it that conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if, the, yeah. I mean, hey, it's their business. I'm not gonna, not gonna judge, but uh, I do imagine that they deal with a lot of confusion around that. Um, yeah, it was good though. I'm glad to be back. I was in Austin. I got to, I got to hang out. Let's see. Yeah, more people. Like, got to meet Dave Rupert for the first time. He didn't go to the conference, but we like. Went to a little like a honky tonk and grabbed dinner with uh, Alex Reverie. I, I can never remember how to say his name. Mm. Um, and then yeah, met some other cool people that you know have been Twitter Twitter follow I followees people whom I follow on Twitter. <laughs> your 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 tweets. My tweets, or I guess they would be like master peeps now. I mean. How, however that works i i know yeah. there's there's been like this mass exodus from from twitter and people have wanted to like stay in contact and they're trying to figure out like how to do that and mastodon seems like one way to do it. i haven't even made an attempt we'll see um we'll see yeah i don't know so uh we got we don't really have any particular topic that we wanted to discuss. Did you have anything that's on your mind that you've been wanting to like jump into in the more tech side of things? Um, I just found uh, a really interesting thing that uh, that you can do in VS Code. Uh, so I, I have this tendency to, to, to like jump around and create a lot of stashes and if yeah people don't know uh, in in like get workflow you can do lots of things and one of those things is is 
just type git stash and you can either name your stash or it will, I think, just store it based on like a timestamp or, or like a hash of the changes that you've made. I don't know how it's doing it, but uh, it, it maintains like a history of, of changes. And so you can stash your changes, switch a branch uh, and either apply those changes to that branch or you know, just jump back to that branch and, and, you know, do some visual diffing and then jump back onto your other branch and replay those changes by doing get stash pop. Um, anyway, this, this is like kind of cumbersome to do if you maintain like several stashes or you want to name your stashes, uh, like doing this on the command line gets kind of tedious in VS code, uh, under the, the, the get tab, like, they just exist there and you can click on files and get a diff like immediately. And I know like probably a lot of people already know about this and it's a thing. Uh, today, uh, I had to look up a stash from like work I was doing weeks ago uh, because I wrote like some utility function that I thought I would just never use. And so I stashed it and it's like just a change in a file in a stash somewhere. And so like I dug through, found that pulled it out it's like this this like string manipulation thing to turn it into an object that fits into our redux store uh so like i didn't want to have to go and rewrite this and i didn't have to and it's all because like vs code made it very easy for me to go and find that and i'm so grateful that this is like a free very yeah. useful like yeah. IDE. yeah it's amazing how uh, tools keep advancing and there's always going to be free tools and there's always going to be the paid tools that have like like kind of push it push the envelope a little further but yeah. then it's like the bar for the free tool keeps getting higher and higher mm-hmm. um, i forget who i was listening to but they bar- they basically compared um cypress testing and playwright and mm-hmm. one of the cypress features the premium features is i think running multiple tests at the same time or something like that Oh, uh, like threading testers? Test. Yeah, yeah. Threading, threading tests. Yeah, in uh, running them in parallel, right, to to improve the performance. Uh, yeah. And Playwright has that built in, so yeah, yeah, it's like the yeah the 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 table stakes just get higher and higher just to just to show up. So, and that's the same for uh, libraries and frameworks and and all these things. So they just have to be so good to get people to switch over. And I guess that's that's more discussing switching compared to like premium versus free. But like if you wanted to offer this other free thing, let's take a browser for example. Some people, there's a lot of, like how are you gonna monetize a browser? Uh, most of them, and compete, with, and compete with Chrome, right? Well, if you want people oh, to use right. a browser, you kind of have to make it free uh, or offer some sort of really good incentive. And the browsers that I'm thinking of are like, uh, the new Arc browser, I haven't had a chance to use, but it seems really cool. I want to check I don't it out. Think I, I don't think I've ever heard of the Arc browser. Dude, it looks good. I have an invite, but it, it's also uh, Mac it's only. It's invite? That's such I, at a, the moment, like, it's invite. This Dude, is like a bizarre throwback to... Artificial man. That's what it's about. Uh, People yeah, love it. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But this <laughs> like reminds me of the browser wars when like Netscape and like Internet Explorer and I, I yeah. don't know, like... Uh, the idea of monetizing a browser just kind of makes me a little bit uneasy, but also the but idea also, of a browser being a total monopoly is just as terrible. Yeah, or the idea of a browser um, being able to access all of the websites that you go to and somehow track those analytics because 
once again, if it's free, you're the product or something along those lines, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but that's cool. I actually, I wrote a... Uh, Domino's quite upset. I have missed her. <laughs> she's, uh, she's got a whole backyard now. So she's it's, back on the um, podcast, too. Back on the podcast. Making a ruckus. Um, um, to, you know, to, I wrote, I wrote a, a blog post about the, like Git being, or VS Code being able to track certain things in file changes that Git cannot. So in Git, you have this idea of uh, commits, branches, stashes, uh, all of these ways that you can snapshot your code and make it reachable later on, like move on or branch off of it and then come back and rediscover the code as it was. Um, but VS Code actually has an additional feature where you can, just by hitting save, it has a timeline of all of the different saves that you make. And it also integrates that with uh, commits. So if, a f what's that? So, so you mean like every time I save something and then like command Z back and save it again, like yeah. I'm using that feature. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm yeah, a big yeah. command Z and then command shift Z, like playing oh, yeah, yeah. changes oh, yeah. like forward back and, and backwards forward. in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, but it has that feature built in. And even if like, even if you create a file and then uh, do some work on it. And then later, if you like delete that file, even something that's not like that's being git ignored, for example, mm -hmm. a .env file, you can delete that file. I think you can turn off your computer, restart your computer, come back, open VS Code, and then create that file again. And because it, as long as it has the same name, VS Code will actually track the timeline of that file and you can go back and recover those changes that weren't even being tracked by Git, which has saved my bacon so many times. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've also noticed that like even, even when files aren't saved, uh, like they have survived just full blown. When I close my MacBook, about 50-50 chance it's just not gonna start back up. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I have had unsaved changes survive uh, that, which is so impressive, I don't know. I, like. I don't know what they're doing, uh, but but they're clearly doing it right. We so yeah. when I was when I was doing like uh, a little bit of kind of platform engineering kind of stuff, or um, for a little bit there, some of what I was doing with um, a mono repo piece of tooling called NX had like lots of great integration and plugins with VS Code. Some of our uh, employees and contractors. Uh, refused to use VS Code up until they saw those kinds of integrations and how easy it was to work with our particular piece of software through VS Code with these plugins. Because they, they were on JetBrain stuff and it was like, I don't know what this NX stuff is. And I'm like, well, look, you can do all this in the command line. It, you just have to go and like read the readme and understand how this works. Or you can like click through all of this stuff uh, in VS Code and it will just work. Um, so it, it, I, I think there's just a huge barrier to entry to create plugins for the jet brains of the world versus the, the, the like freebies of the world. And, and we're no longer in a time where it's like sublime text versus Atom versus VS Code. It's like there, there is kind of one powerhouse and we're very lucky. Vim, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, you know, I did meet... Uh one of the developers for NX at that conference. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, they gave a talk. Which cool. which conference? God, I, I'm God. not going to be able to stop myself. No, you're not. That's great. Um, yeah, it was cool. Oh, so they, they, they gave a talk on um, on uh, full stack type safety across multiple languages. So they had, I want to say a .NET. Ooh. Yeah, they had a .NET backend. And when they made a change, uh, they were able to use uh, something along their like CI process. So the CI process, if they made a change in .NET to some sort of model that would have uh, .NET types, um, mm. the CI process or, or just a CLI could do the type checking uh, on their code base, make sure the backend is good. Uh, and by doing that, they would, if they made a change, they would generate new types for .NET. And then they would use uh, some type gen, like multi-language type generator to then yeah. update the types on the front end. And then when the front end would build, uh, if there was a discrepancy, which there would be because the front end was expecting a, a previous version of a .NET type, right? Uh, right. Then it would fail the build tool, and this per and uh, this guy was uh, not necessarily talking about NX, but also kind of the hook was at the end. You can you can integrate this with NX to do like your mono repo management and and enforce those type checking things. It was one of those good talks that's like, okay, you're not trying to sell me a product. You're actually like showing, walking me through this thing and then giving me like a value proposition at the end that's like, cool, your product does it, awesome. Right, it's, it's, it's an approach. Um, yeah. And it's, to be totally honest, this is something that I just pitched earlier today. Uh, so I can I'm working. I can connect you if you want. I, I mean, I, He'd be preaching to the choir. I so yeah, I'm okay. working in a in a new mono repo that is largely using TypeScript, but our types are kind of disparate and mm -hmm. require a lot of manual updating. When previously, uh, all of that like automatic kind of code gen uh, type generation and cross platform types were like I wasn't cross language. It was all TypeScript. Mm -hmm. um, but it, pulling it from like GraphQL and doing type gens and, and like consuming those and making sure when you make a PR or when you make a change, you know, on one of the services you're pulling types from, like this is like super, super powerful stuff and it creates so much safety. Mm. It's amazing, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's awesome to see and seeing it in the context of uh, C-sharp stuff. Um, like definitely rings the bells for me. Yeah. So yeah, also at the last conference that I went to. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, Neatly avoided, sir. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm like, a, I'm almost as good as AI. I'm like, Ooh. I'm like AAI, artificial, artificial intelligence. Never uh. mind. Never <laughs> mind. That was a bad joke. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, to say that I'm learning, uh, but yeah, I gave a, I did, a, I did a workshop actually. So I got to do Ooh. my first workshop, and I learned a lot. There was someone that showed. So it was a workshop on building uh, super-powered forms for the web, which essentially covers some HTML, CSS, JavaScript heavy like web development stuff. And there was someone that showed up. Uh, bless their heart, they were a C sharp developer. And had never they need done, this. And had never I'm done, so serious. So they were a C-sharp like, video game developer doing Unity stuff. 
And I was like, cool. Why are you in a web development <laughs> workshop? Like, why are you here? Um, it was fine. Excuse and, me, this is a yeah, Wendy's. And, and I had, yeah, and I had some, I had some prerequisites like installing Node. And the guy's like, oh yeah, cool, cool. Can you help me install Node? Sure can. Let's do it. And we did for, and he, and I was so scared because uh, he was on a Windows, and I I work on a Windows, but I work in WSL. And I was like, can you open the terminal? Okay. And, and, and he opened up uh, command.exe. So I'm like, okay, let's hope that this works. <laughs> uh, but to, to Node's credit, it probably just did, didn't it? It did. It did. Node worked. And also my uh, Git repo, they were able to clone it and uh, get it up and running in, without a hitch. It, like that, We didn't have any uh, workshop day nightmares. Right. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was mostly, so I thought my presentation or workshop was beginner focused. And I had taken for granted just how much, like how far back a beginner means. So, yeah. Um, which is good. I got, I got to learn a lot. Um, it was cool. Um, yeah, but you're also like your, your idea of how web forms work is much, much deeper than someone who maybe would consider themselves an expert uh, web developer, right? Like, yeah, you, dude, because this was my first workshop and I had to, and I had to do like a web form soup to nuts. It was, it was a lot. Um, it was a lot, like so much goes into it and I, I even got to like go and do a podcast with the organizer of the conference about like the content of my workshop and this and that. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because he's basically like, so why, why forms? Like, why are you so into forms? I'm like, well, they are ubiquitous and so many people get them wrong. And they're, yeah. they're just like deceptively simple. Because you think, oh, HTML form tag, a couple of inputs, maybe some labels, good to go. But then, uh, man, to actually create an input that works, you need so much. Let and alone, also, I think, let alone the like, styles, like the thing, like the styles, like uh, things that used to read, used to require uh, JavaScript that now you can do with CSS and how they apply to forms, and uh, then actually integrating JavaScript, dude, to get. To, to do the cool, like, let's replace for the HTTP layer, let's replace or like intercept the form submission and replace that with fetch. To actually do that well is so much uh, work. That and the val and like custom validation is so much work. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you said it's like deceptively simple. I think it's deceptively complex, right? Like, there's you can just throw a form together and it will work, but it's not necessarily, uh, uh, users will run into problems very quickly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, so, unless, unless you just stick to the HTML and maybe like a, a bit of CSS, like if, if you just let the browser do its thing and reload, you can avoid so much, so much, uh, it, the, the problem is it's, it's the unknown unknowns, right? So most people are approaching these things, seeing what they can do and not accounting for 
the unknown unknowns, like what they don't know that is missing. Right. Uh, and you know, the best example, it, it goes back to progressive enhancement and just like harkens back to that. That concept just comes up every time in this workshop. And the one example that I think really drives it home is that uh, Mitch Hedberg does this joke that he says, I like elevators because an elevator can never break. They just become stairs. Es escalator. Oh, did I say elevator? You did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I like an escalator. Yeah. Escalators because yeah. they don't break. They just become stairs. And that's like yeah. if, you, if you approach your website with that mentality of like, well, if it breaks, it just falls back to like something that still works. Not as sexy, right. not as beautiful. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so, so escalators are better than elevators because when someone is using it, if it breaks, one of those groups of people is going to have a really bad time. Why did you have to say elevator? Now, so like I just got <laughs> off a cruise ship for a week with my family and oh, cool. the primary form of transportation on a cruise ship is elevators. Uh, they all have glass backs. And for some reason, you're not only surrounded by the ocean which will will kill you if you fall off the boat uh you're also high up constantly for no apparent reason like there's 15 stories on this boat and they've got to put glass uh around every possible access point to fall to your doom either on or off the ship i'm a little scared of heights so elevator this is a little triggering for me i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we can jump into that if you want to go deep on uh you know I mean, it all started when I was seven. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know why I'm afraid of heights. I, probably because I'm short. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but I'm I, mean, glad. That, I, I, I don't think any of our listeners really are that aware of yeah. my vertical uh, difficulties. Yeah, vertically now challenged. They hey, that's all right, yeah. though, you know? I could, you know, I can do other stuff down here. I'm useful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't count me out, people. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're, you're awesome. So, um, yeah. So that was that. It was cool. It was fun. Um, that's that's so awesome. And it's it's funny because like you you come away from like your teaching experience saying like, oh, I learned so much. I have to. Yeah, I want to get the so the the other thing was. Uh, I submitted this proposal as a workshop for a four-hour workshop, and when I when I got accepted, I was like, "Cool!" I started working on it, and I was like, "Man, there's I have a lot to say about forms. I have more than four hours of stuff to say about forms." Yes, so you I do. So I emailed them. I emailed them. I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, I don't know if this is something you'd be interested in, but I, I'm building out the content, and I have." Uh, there's enough content here to do an eight-hour workshop. I don't know if there's someone slotted before me or if that's a problem. Uh, I just want to throw out throw that out as an option if you want to offer that to your attendees. And they're like, cool, yeah, we don't care. What do you like? Whatever you prefer. And I responded with something like, well, it's your conference, so so uh, whatever you think is best for your attendees, right? Which was a mistake because ultimately they just they kind of like didn't respond. Uh, so I continued with the assumption that I would be doing an eight-hour workshop, built out an eight-hour workshop, and put a <laughs> lot of work into this thing. 
And then I follow up with them like, hey, just just want to double check, like, where are we? Because I, I built out an eight-hour workshop if we need it. And, uh, you know, it's still up to you guys. And they're like, yeah, yeah, why don't we stick with the four hours? It's like, cool, 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 cool. Um, so, so, cool. Yeah. So, so we powered through, which honestly is not the best thing uh, for doing a workshop. Like, ideally, yep. you want a little bit more breaks, a little bit more time to let people play with what's going on and uh but i don't know i mean we've even on the function call here we've had a couple episodes where it's like all right grant you ready to take a sip from this fire hose because i'm just gonna mouth spew at you uh so that's uh that was not a very good visual was it <laughs> yeah i can smell that <laughs> uh yeah well anyway Anyway, that's how it was. Uh, I, I, I talked to the people that were there and everyone said they had a great time and learned a lot and this and that. Uh, but yeah. definitely, you know, there's some, there were some lessons that I learned to some takeaways. That's cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. Well, one of the things that I don't think we've had a chance to do, like we definitely didn't get a chance at the end of last year and uh, we're we're well into this year. We're 20 days into this year. Um, we we didn't like wrap up last year. Talk oh, about we didn't. Let's do that really quick. Yeah, and and I also like to do. I don't think predictions are that useful, but like I definitely. How about like, have uh, some like commitments? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. predictions. We'll do. What are they called? Resolutions resolutions yeah. i can make some resolutions all right i got some plans or i got some plans. ideas yeah, yeah yeah whatever whatever feels yeah i right. want to know yeah i want to know what you're all about if you're gonna like continue in this circuit life because it seems uh it seems wild I don't okay know. so quick recap uh recap and then and then quick uh plans for this year let's, let's see 2022 was an interesting year. It was my first full year as a developer advocate for Akamai. Um, well, developer advocate. Um, mm -hmm. It's been interesting. I think uh, I was really excited about Akamai as a product and as a company. It's been kind of difficult with uh, some of the advocacy work because it's a very closed off system. Not closed off, but it's like a walled garden system where it's very enterprise focused. So yeah. it's hard for me to be like, hey, check out this really awesome product and you should check it out. And then there's no way to really, <laughs> like unless you're an Akamai customer, it, it yep. might be more difficult to check it out. Um, that said, uh, they did, or we did acquire Linode, which makes that story a lot easier because then yeah. Linode's got like, you know, very accessible. There's, I could get someone $100 credits to get started and we can just like walk through and build something out. Um, and that's really cool because then there's also the full end of the spectrum where Akamai had the CDN, the web application firewall, the edge compute, the identity management, uh, all of these products, um, but no, they all sit on top of some sort of origin server or application, existing application. Mm -hmm. Now with Linode, we can start from scratch and that provides the origin hosting service and then put Akamai on top of that. So that's been cool. Uh, yeah. The, the, I was doing, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like hitting my stride with content creation. I've, I've narrowed down to producing 
a video every two weeks and then kind of turning that into a blog post every two weeks staggered. Uh, that's been a lot. That's been a lot because it's creating, it's coming up with ideas, it's coming up with like demo projects to then talk about that mm -hmm. uh, or showcase the thing and then capturing the analytics after it and promoting it and all of this stuff. Um, and that's been a lot of work. I think that might need to change this coming year. And the travel has been a lot of fun, also a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of, well, I mean, maybe we're, maybe just because where I'm feeling it right now. Uh, I mean, I have a, I have another conference to go to in two weeks and then another one two weeks after that. So. Oh, geez. Yeah, but it's, it's cool and it's fun and it's good for now. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm trying to find my, trying to find my cadence. Okay. Yeah. Like where's your happy place? Yeah. Like days yeah. away. And gotcha. I think as far as like tech stuff, I want to take some time and check out, uh, I think I'm going to take some time and check out quick this year. So I've done, I mean, I got a big background in view last year. I spent a lot of time checking out remix and that kind of mm -hmm. inherently got me more into the react world. Remix is awesome. Still don't love react, but there are some issues with that whole generation of JavaScript frameworks, Vue, React, Svelte, all of these, there's some issues that maybe we can talk about on another show that uh, is a is kind of a problem for both server rendering and then the hydration story. And I don't know if any of them actually support like streaming. So with the caliber of developers that I work with and a lot of the issues that we're solving at like enterprise, like the group, the biggest band, the biggest uh, brands in the world, the problems that mm -hmm. they're facing and the, the people that are solving these or helping them solve these problems and the exposure of content that I'm, or the content I'm exposed to. Uh, yeah. You just become more aware of some of those issues and not to say that it's like revolving the JavaScript hype cycle even more. Uh, but that just seems like, the changes that they're making are kind of, uh, it's a large enough change to actually be like a paradigm shift as opposed to just a different flavor of the same thing. That's interesting. I see what you're saying. Um, it's, it's funny you mentioned that like uh, React still is not uh, the bell of your ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I, I understand that uh, much more the more I kind of work in um, the the more I work in other people's code bases we'll say right the the more exposure I get to how people have used react over the last uh, we'll call it three to four years mm -hmm. I I understand a lot of people's misgivings I totally totally do uh, I, now, you know, it, it has grown on me though in the last year so I do feel better towards it. I would really, I would be super curious uh, if you were to be exposed to a very well-written React code base, like a very. You know what kills me ultimately at the end of the day is JSX. JSX was a mistake. Not oh, JSX you're just itself. wrong. Uh, what? <laughs> you're just wrong. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I'm not. Class? four attributes, the default values, like all that stuff is bad. 
class like what? Ha- like, cla- like having to write class name instead of class. Yeah, that that can be fixed. What's your other problem? Well, just that <laughs> uh, those those things. The fact that like native HTML attributes, some of them aren't being used for reasons because they're mm-hmm. uh, reserved keywords in JavaScript. I get it. Apparently, JSX two fixes that. Yep. They're but resolving it. There, but it's, it's a transpilation issue. Like that's that's yeah. a that's like been a known thing, and that's also, in my opinion, the trade-off in uh, like the power that you get. Uh, oh, it's, in yeah, I like it. I like I like I like using React. I like using JSX, not as much as other things. Okay, I mean, like. So, some of the largest front-end frameworks that are forthcoming right now, like that's one of the big things that they don't change is yes. that style of mixed markup with logic, with styling. You can separate it out however you want, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, yeah, these yeah. things are are a singular concern, which is the paradigm shift that everyone has really pushed back on with react anyway sorry like let's not get super off on the weeds yeah yeah let's get to your little recap thing and uh your your promises and hopes and dreams for 2023 (sighs) okay okay well so i'll i'll do a recap but i i you're not very feeling very hopeful uh so like yeah last year was not great for me like to be totally like it just was it's a it's a bad year at best, we'll say. And then, you know, the, what that leaves is a huge amount of open space for this year to be better. Like it really wouldn't take much for this next year to improve upon what the last year has been. There are a few areas of my life that are just like spectacular. I wouldn't trade for the world. Uh, you know, like my immediate family, my 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 little dude, uh, my my wife, like everything with that is is great and fantastic. Job is secure, but there are you know huge shifts that have happened there uh, that I just want the place to calm the fuck down. To be totally honest, like just chill, um, just be stable for a minute, and then um, you know. All I really care about doing outside of those things, like to to you know keep my my level of sanity in check, is riding bikes. Uh, like that is yeah. that has been like a saving grace for me, and like getting out into uh, you know the mountains or you know out by the coast or whatever. Like that that has like honestly saved me quite a few times this year like it's 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 been great so i definitely plan to do more of that uh work i i want to just be less and less important um wait i you want work to be less important or you want to be less important to your work uh if i'm less important to my work i feel like that would create problems for me uh (laughs) so like i would I want to stay important there, um, or as important as I need to be to to have it remain <laughs> Just stable. Just enough to get by. <laughs> really, uh, I mean, I I, uh, I I right now I need to work, uh, and 
it's it's not necessarily i mean i i think you get this just as much as like anybody listening to this might um there are times in life where work feels so unimportant uh mm. and you've just got to kind of do it and then there are times where it's like kind of exciting and some of the problems like I don't want to say like keep you up at night, but like they excite you enough to distract you, yeah. you in your life. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not in that place. Okay. I'm, in, I'm in the other place where it's like, you know, I, I can do this enough to get things done. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm grateful that I can like muster the concentration to, to, you know, push through and do that. Um, I, I know that's not something that everybody is able to do and that makes it really hard. Um, especially people like me with like ADHD and, and like that sort of thing. But like, you know, I'm, I'm at least able to, <laughs> to perform, which yeah. is good. Um, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Cause you spend a third of your day doing the work and it's, yeah. it's tough when it's, yeah, I'm sorry. I hope that that changes. I mean, ha having a, a job that I'm not like super excited about is like the easiest problem to have. Yeah, but I could still hope for you to have more. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure it'll get better or different or whatever. Like, I'm sure when we're having this conversation a year from now, like nothing will be the same. And hopefully in a good way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully this uh, apocalyptic hellscape doesn't continue going down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. Um, how about, yeah, I mean, you got any <laughs> more hopeful things, well, wishes mean, on the horizon? To, I to, mean, I've, yeah. I've got big races coming up this year. I'm going to nice. be uh, doing the BWR here in San Diego, which is like I'm doing their 70, 75-mile race, and then I'm going to do like a 100-and-something-mile race out in Colorado uh later in the year so like that's that's like where my head's at that's what i'm focused on that's awesome like, man you really yeah. fell into into the the biking stuff i love that for it's you. it's a problem i, need I mean I, you, you've got your ride leader flag behind you i know what you're all about you're <laughs> yeah, you're like on comes, the edge of that that comes <laughs> the most beautiful three months out of the year but for the rest of the year it's long that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been sad, uh, with like the last week and a half, two weeks that we've had where it's been raining. Hmm. Do you mean sad as in like seasonal affective disorder? <laughs> sure. I mean, we could that call it all sad. of that. Sad. I've just like, yeah, I've had yeah. to like ride my bike indoors and, and this and that. But like, yeah. I, I have kind of imagined a few times, like if I did live somewhere where it wasn't beautiful most of the time yeah i don't know you could get rain gear like don't be a fair weather cyclist come on no but that but it's uh pedal palooza only happens i still buy i still ride my bike throughout the year okay um and and yeah i do have i do have a trainer which has been great so like a uh, one of those stationary bike trainers that i can yeah hook my bike up to and that's like awesome uh but yeah Cool. Well, you got anything else that you want to end on? I think, uh, I think, I don't know. Do you want to do uh, shout outs or anything? Or I feel like we kind of, I feel like it's nice to end on a high note of uh, just things we're looking forward to. 
I think those are shout out. I, I think it's about the friends we made along the way. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, we'll call it at that then. And um, it's been a pleasure. I'm really glad that we got to reconnect and uh, we'll get back on the horse and start doing these more regularly and be checking in. That poor horse. <laughs> We're so heavy. I know. It's been going it's been going for years and I just it just wants it to end. It it's just a strong wants, horse. It's, it's actually a pony where it's like just as wide as it is tall. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's got those beautiful Clydesdale hoof hoof sock <laughs> things. What do they call so it? Like, they're like they're like leg warmers for horses and they're built in. So I was reading a Reddit post uh, the other night, and it, th this directly relates to what we're talking about. It's not a crazy ta it's a crazy tangent, but anyway, let me go. <laughs> there's there's a, a Reddit thread on like, what did you not learn until embarrassingly late in life? And one of the responses is that horseshoes <laughs> did not actually contain horse feet <laughs> with toes and everything. <laughs> this person honestly oh, thought. Wow. Well, that horses had feet and people had like put horseshoes on them, and that was what the hoof was. Wow! Yeah, oh. and they learned that it wasn't the case by by shouting something about "Doesn't that hurt their feet?" in front of a bunch of like equestrian folks. <laughs> like in the worst. <laughs> like everyone just kind of looked at them, like, "What? Yeah. Horses have so hooves." They, you know, it would only be what would only take it even further is if they actually believe that they were like, because because horse shoes or whatever these shoes would be would actually be really tiny compared to like a normal foot. So if they thought that they were like crushed in there, sort of like uh, like the ancient torture. Oh, like oh, like the Chinese like, uh, yeah, bound like, feet. Yes, oh. like bound feet, yeah. bound horse feet. Mm. That's upsetting. Man, that would make that would make uh, horse dressage all that more impressive, though. <laughs> Little horse ballerinas. I mean, they kind of are already, but yeah, it's it's yeah. impressive. Uh, dressage, sure. Yeah, I always know it's a dressage horse when I run into it on the trail and it steps off laterally. I'm like, <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> I've actually like, never had that happen, like but now I want to see it. And like 50 steps per second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I would just it. clap. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, you always know because it's got like all the ribbons and stuff. On, never they mind. wear them all the time. Because <laughs> yeah. they're dressed so nicely. It's true. All right, Grant. Uh, thanks so much. Um, I don't think we had any. Uh, maybe we had someone watching the stream. If so, I hope I hope you enjoyed yourself. We didn't really announce it, but we're glad you're here. And for all of you that you have been waiting for the show to come back, uh, we are not gone forever. We are back, so we're glad to have you here. And we will catch you shortly. I think in the next one. All right. Bye. Yeah, I, I'm pretty good, actually. Is that... Kind of. Uh, sure? I, you know what? I'm not going to say I'm pretty good. <laughs> because <laughs> there are people that actually do it and are good. But I feel adequate enough. Yeah, and to, that is important to in life. Together. Yeah.